This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number four him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. As we will go off to Austin, Texas in just a little bit and talk to one of our many times show guests, Tony Dale. And in the meantime, though, I really want to challenge you to check us out online at IWorkForHim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. We always have new stuff going up on the website, but that's the best way to listen to us when you're not in your car, when you're somewhere, anywhere in the country. You can always listen to us just streaming on our website, iwork, the number four, him.com. All right. Make sure you also check us out on Facebook. On Facebook, it's I Work For Him or Instagram as well. Martha makes sure she's posting stuff like that all the time. She's always great to have her. uh, She's always great catching everybody up on what's coming up next on the show, the links to the past podcast, all of those things. While we get prepared for our conversation today with Tony Dale, I want to make sure that you guys go out to IWorkForHim.com and consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, it is so important that we recognize that our workplace really is a mission field. That you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers may ever meet. That that job that you hold, the work that you do, none of that is by chance. We, The people that we work with, they need to meet Jesus, and you may be their only chance. You know, what's fantastic about the I Work For Him Nation is it really gives us a... Uh, just a an outline for how we are to approach our workplace and bring our faith with, with us each and every day. It is so important that we recognize how we do that. The, the first way we do that is by praying for our coworkers and employees each and every day. And we do that by let me just let me just say this. We do that by we just first identify the people that you work with, uh, that you talk to, that you interact with all the time. These people, uh, maybe it's your boss, maybe it's your coworkers, maybe it is your, uh, the people that work for you, the people that you work with, identify them by name and just start praying for them by name each and every day, recognizing that you, you might not know how to pray for them, but you're going to pray for them and just pray for them that, that somehow God will use you to be Jesus to them. And then you're going to, um, you, you're just going to, just pay attention to how they're doing. And maybe one day when you notice that they're open to conversation, just mention to them, hey, I've been praying for you. Is there a specific way that I can pray for you? All right. So they do that. You pray for them. And then all of a sudden uh, you ask them, hey, is there a way I could pray for you? And they tell you that, yeah, here's something you could pray for. 
Most of the time, people will say, yep, I'm good. You can pray for me. That'd be okay. Some people will say, I don't need it. And then you just keep praying for them the way your God leads you to pray for them. But on those days, you notice they may come to work a little bit down and out, maybe a little bit on the frustrated side. Those are the days you say, hey, what's going on? You seem a little down today. Well, those are the days that you talk to them and say, hey, you say, what's going on? And they share with you what's going on. And when they're done sharing and you listen really good, you say, hey, can I pray with you about that right now? That is when life starts to change. Because you and me, when we start to pray specifically with people for things that they need, they start to see that God is real and that you really care, that you really are different. So that's one of those things that uh, we can do. And I want to just take a break. I'm I'm texting our our guest, and uh, I'm going to, uh, so I'm just going to take for a second, so I wish that I could play some music. I could sing for you. I can't text and talk at the same time. Uh, All right, so let me just take you a little bit further into the I Work For Him Nation. All right, when you are on the I Work For Him Nation, you've signed up to do it, you're praying for people, then you look for ways to serve them, to befriend them, then you look for ways to to be friends with them outside of the workplace. Look for an opportunity to deepen that relationship, but all along being a person of excellence. We call it the prayer, care, work, prayer, care, share, work, and disciple method. That's what I work for him. Nation's all about. Make sure you check it out online. Iworkforhim.com. Welcome, Tony Dale, to I Work For Him. Thank you so much, Jim, and my apologies for being late on you. Well, you know what? I know in Texas, things are a little more relaxed. Everything's a little slower in Texas, and that's okay. You're relaxed, and I need to absorb some of that from you. So I'm good with that. You know, (laughs) Tony, here's a question for you. Last week, Stephen Hawking died, okay? And I saw a post on Twitter that some people liked and some people didn't like. They said, Stephen finally got to get the answers he was looking for all along. Who was the creator? But was it too late? When you have that perspective that a guy really fought against God and and really said, well, I don't really know who created the universe, right up to death, we get surrounded by people each and every day, Tony, don't we, that that don't know the truth. How is that significant in our workplaces? You know, it's incredibly significant because it's right at the foundation of why we do what we do. Uh, And it's so important that uh, all of us in, in our spheres of work, and I'm sure there are people who were daily in contact with him, that they live out what they believe so that everybody has a chance to hear. When you start to see people's eyes, you run Sidera Health and you run uh, the Caris Group. Those, those are two groups that you founded, and every day you're interacting with people that are Christ followers but also pre-Christians. When you see the the, the truth of the gospel presented to those who have not yet decided to trust Jesus. How do you see their reactions? How do you see them when they operate in your environment, which is an extremely faith-filled environment? How do those pre-Christians react to the gospel presentation? You know, just yesterday I was meeting with someone who was interviewing for a post here at uh, one of the companies. And um, that, that's what we got talking about, about our culture and about, you know, what we stand for. And uh, he comes from a completely different ethnic and faith background. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to get his perception of, of, of what he saw and, and why he had applied here. And, you know, the fascinating thing was he wanted to hear. 
uh, because what attracted him to us as a company is that we were so upfront about our faith commitment. Uh, and uh, for him and for, from his religious background, which was very, very different from mine, uh, he said that was his understanding of what faith meant to him, that, that you know, for him, all faith. Uh, starts with a respect for people and a recognition that we all live under God. So it was a fascinating starting to a conversation. When you you get that opportunity because you're bold in your faith and and you live out your faith, and so nobody's ever going to say, well, I'm not really sure if Tony's a Christian or not, but there's no doubt that Tony Dale is a Christ follower. And, and I think that that's fascinating. As I walked around your office environment, Martha and I did last fall, I mean, it was people knew where you stood, but you don't just hire Christ followers. You hire good quality people, but you make sure that they know, hey, they're going to be operating within a Christian environment. So talk about Sidera for just a second. How is Sidera changing the world of healthcare the way I mean, you guys are approaching it in a totally different way? We are. Uh, and because, you know, to me, I know in my original thinking about Sidera and how it would function, how it would work, it seemed to me that what we needed to do was to take biblical principle, uh, i.e. God's truth, and demonstrate that God's truth is as real in the world of medical economics as it is in the world of physics or in the world of counseling or uh, in, in any, you know, of the ordinary everyday living that all of us do. Uh, and so, absolutely, we are trying to take the bri- biblical principles of sharing and the power of community, uh, really what the early Christians lived, where it says there was no need among them because whenever any had needs, they shared. And we're moving that into how you can take care of employee health care costs. And you guys can handle groups that are small or large. There's not a, And these groups are... I mean, they're just people open to the idea of sharing healthcare costs as opposed to paying an insurance company to take care of everything. It's a totally out-of-the-box idea, yet it really is a biblical framework behind it. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, it is totally out-of-the-box when all you've ever known is an insurance model. Okay, but uh, if, if you ask yourself, where did insurance start? It really began with small cooperative movements, uh, group movements, uh, you know, communities of people uh, like the Amish and the Mennonites, you know, saying we can take care of each other. Uh, And all we're doing is saying you don't have to move in different ways. Yeah, you can, I mean, I mean, it's so cool how you guys handle it. Now, when we come back, Tony, from the break, you've got a couple of your employees that are going to share a little of their perspective on how Sidera really is different out there in the marketplace, touching the lives of people. And, Tony, I also want you to give a quick plug on your book when we come back from the break, okay? Great. Sounds All right. good. All in in Austin, Texas today with Tony Dale, one of our great supporters and a great businessman who's living out his faith in his work with two different companies, Sidera Health, which you can find them online at Sidera, S-E-D-E-R-A dot com, and the Karis Group. And Sidera is the option for you if you are tired of the same old, same old health insurance solution for your business, for your organization, you guys need to talk to Sidera. Just look them up online. S-E-D-E-R-A dot com. Now, Tony Dale, before we bring on a couple of your employees, just give a quick plug for your book, which I love, and which I gave away more copies of this last year than almost any other book. Halftime always exceeds this. But I gave away 50 copies of this book last year. Small is big. What's this book all about? 
Well, Jim, thank you so much for asking. Uh, Small is Big is uh, from uh, my wife, Felicity, and my heart, uh, really to the body of Christ, to say that as you look at the New Testament, it really is written to small groups of Christians who are beginning to proliferate or multiply all over the then-known world. And as we look at the New Testament church, it basically took place in people's homes. Mm -hmm. So we ask the question, why did God do it that way, and is it relevant today? And, and that really is our, our story, our journey. Small is big, unleashing the big impact of intentionally small churches. Boy, if you want to read a book that will challenge the way you look at church, the way you experience church, call the I Work For Him listener line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-9675, 866-713-9675 work. All right, Tony, you've got a couple of your employees you, uh, that are going to share some of their story working at Sidera. Do you want to introduce them for me? I would love to do that. I think there are two of our team there. Uh, That's correct. Heffington uh, and Bridget, I, I believe both are there. Uh, and they are an indispensable part of the team because they really provide the primary focus directly to uh, the employees all over the country that we look after uh, and try and make sure that they know their health care financial needs are going to be taken care of. Uh, Fantastic. So yes, they are, in a sense, the public face of our company. Dania and Bridget, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so how, we'll start with you, Dania. Uh, how long have you been with Sidera? I joined Sidera uh, in August, almost two years ago, so I'm just shy of two years working for the company. Oh, come on. Let's not push that it's almost August. Let's just deal with the fact that it's almost <laughs> April. Okay, okay. Are right, you freaking me out already. Okay, let's just say, okay, it's good to say a year and a half. That's just fine. I'm good with that. All right, so what position, do you, what position do you hold? So my role here is the Director of Member Experience. Um, I basically bridge... Um, from the time that the sale has happened with the organizations that become our clients, onboarding their members, um, supporting them, helping them understand this new approach to medical health care sharing until they actually start using our program and have a need, which is um, um, where Bridget um, begins to take over. So, Bridget, talk about how long have you been with the company, Bridget? I've been with Sedera since November of 2016, so a little shy of a year and a half. Okay, very good. See, that's good. Now we're dealing with that. That's good. That's better, a year and a half. All right. So, Bridget, talk to me about what position you hold within the company at Sedera. So I'm the Sedera Needs Coordinator, which means that when our members have a medical incident and they need to submit their bills for sharing with the community, I'm the person they send them to, and I process them and make sure they get the money they need. So, Bridget, we'll just ask you this question first. Is there anything different about your work experience at Sidera than there was at maybe one a previous workplace? Well, definitely, because I was a stay-at-home mom for the previous 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. I was going to yeah. come up with all different kinds of things. Okay, so it's very different. Now, did you have a job, in a, a full-time job before you, you, you had ch- kids for the last uh, 17 years? I did. I did customer service, um, particularly with Hertz Car Rental. Um, okay, so is, it, is, is working at Sidera just a little bit different than working at Hertz? Definitely, very different. Much more concerned with the customer experience um, and the, the benevolent heart behind Sidera. Yeah. Awesome. Now, Dania, what about you? 
When you compare your last job to this job here at Sidera Health, talk to me about, do you notice any differences in the environment in which you work? So I, I do, but I'm going to have to, I have a little bit of explanation to do. So okay. um, I spent a number of years working for Dell Computer, and obviously there is a, a great deal of difference between um, that experience, working working there, large company versus startup, but also just in the way uh, people are treated here at Sidera and the value placed on the human um, interaction and the human um, honor, I, I would say. I would just have to boil it down to an honor thing. But prior, my immediate role prior to joining the Sidera team was actually with a Christian nonprofit whose role was to try to catalyze people to really live out their faith in a way that impacted the people around them. So um, for seven years, ten years, I spent a lot of time trying to catalyze those conversations and encourage people to do that. So it's kind of fun to actually be on this side of it, on the practical side of it, of kind of, oh, okay, so this is how this plays out in in the work environment so that... um, I, I knew that, but it's just—it's been good to be reminded. Have you? Do you guys both see? I'll just ask both of you the same question. So, Dania and Bridget, do you see? You're, are you able to live out your faith in your workplace there at Sidera without any anybody giving you a hard time about it? Do you see how it applies to everything that you do? Oh, without a doubt. That Can you Bridget. give me? <laughs> I got it. And I would so, say absolutely. I mean, so again, it kind of. I mean, just even in our core values, right, as an organization, our core values, we're Christ-centered, we're consumer-driven, we're community-focused. Those are all people-focused. They're they're based on, you know, kind of uh, individual decisions and owning your behavior. Um, all of those things, if you think about it, are biblical truths, right? Be responsible for what you do, let your yes be yes, let your no be no, um, treat people with honor and respect, but stand for what you know. Um, I think that we're a benevolent organization, so we err a lot um, on the things that are right for our members. Um, well, why don't you guys, why don't you give me an example of that, Dania? One, tell me how you serve customers. The last time you interacted, just talk about how you help customers each and every day. And I know that you're you're a director, but I know you got some customer interaction. Well, what does that look like? So I think most of the time the people that get to me are the ones that are not happy. <laughs> There's been something that that hasn't gone the way they expected it to go, um, or it's not working well. So getting to, I think bestow. I'm going to go back to the honor word. Go bestow honor on them and to validate that. Um, they might have a right to be frustrated or to feel neglected. Welcoming their input, we really place a high value on input, so we're very open to the the harsher things to hear sometimes because our ultimate objective is really to serve people well and to make them feel like they're being served well. So um, I can give you a hard Example: We had a member that called in and was kind of trying to negotiate some of the ways that our our process works, and in in doing so, kind of disclosed a personal situation. And this has happened probably on four or five times that they've disclosed something personal that's going on in their life. And always before I end the conversation, I take a time to just be like, "Man, that is really tough. Look, can can I just pray for you?" Um, I don't have solutions to that, and I'm just sorry that you're going through that, but I'd love the opportunity to pray with you. And did they say yes or no? 
I have never had anyone say no. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I say that on the air, and I've said it on the air a thousand days in a row. Never has anybody said no when you offer to pray with them. Bridget, what about you? How do you see your interaction with your clients on a daily basis and live, being able to live out your faith as you touch their lives? Yeah, definitely. So um, as a believer and having the life of Christ within us, I think that um, each time we interact with another human being, it's an opportunity for them to get that touch of the Lord, right? So um, basically by um, drawing upon his patience, his wisdom, um, you know, his peace in all situations, and that being the life that our members are met with, um, rather than, you know, um, our own um, life that can be very impatient or, or um, lacking in wisdom at times, um, you know, it's, it's really um, a, a privilege to have um, a position in a company that encourages, you know, the, the fact that um, offering sure. that, that life of Christ to our members rather than our own life. Do you ever get a chance to pray with customers? Of course. Most of my interaction is through email, um, and so, um, you know, e- even just letting them know that we're, we're praying for them um, is often an encouragement as well. Oh, ladies, thanks so much for being on I Work Room today, sharing just a little bit of your Sidera story. Make sure you check out Sidera online at sedra.com, sedera.com. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. We're going all Austin, Texas today as we talk with Tony Dale and Sidera Health as he introduced a couple of members of his team. If you did, if you missed Dania and or Dania, excuse me, and Bridget just a second ago, you missed hearing two sweet ladies just share how they're able to live out their faith every day in the workplace. Tony Dale, that's got to be fun to hear the freedom that these two ladies have to share and live out their faith every day while they're working for you. You know, I was incredibly encouraged with what they shared, and uh, it uh, it exemplifies what we're trying to build uh, within our, our, our culture and uh, as just at the core of our service to the, the people God's given us the opportunity to bless. How hard is it to set up a culture where people feel free to live out their faith, and yet they need to get all, all the work done? <laughs> Well, that, that's an interesting observation. You know, um, I, I think the Word of God teaches us a worth ethic that uh, is clear uh, in our responsibility to, to work hard, uh, but is equally clear as we look at Jesus that there's always time for people. Uh, and mm. I think that's what I love about Jesus. As he went about in the marketplace, uh, it seemed like he could handle every interruption because he was listening to his Heavenly Father. Boy, oh boy, you need to say that again, and I'm going to be humbled by it. Say that again. That was incredible, what you just said. Well, I, I, I don't okay. know if I can repeat it, but it's really the, the, the concept that moment by moment, if we're walking with Jesus, it's as spiritual to be at work as it is to be in church. And so we should be living in his presence and communicating his presence in all that we do. Well, and you said we should be able to handle any interruption, and Jesus was able to handle any interruption because he was listening to his heavenly Father. And so often, Tony Dale, I don't know about you, but for me, interruptions, I got, I got an agenda. You know, I got things I'm got to do. And, and interruptions, I look at them as an annoyance. But you just stated something that is so clear in the Gospels that Jesus looked at interruptions as opportunities to touch somebody's life in a personal way. 
I, th- I think he really did. I, I know back in my medical days, you know, where I, under the British National Health Service, I was seeing so many patients so rapidly, you know, maybe five minutes with each patient. Uh, but I just learned if you'll listen to that still small voice, it's amazing how people will open their hearts to you. Uh, so absolutely, Let, let's be open to every Holy Spirit-inspired interruption. Now, you've got somebody that's going to join us on the air now. If you want to go ahead and introduce our next guest. I would love to do that. John Oberg has been a friend and colleague for many years at this stage. Uh, he actually was on the board of uh, our first company, the Caris Group. And uh, when we started uh, Sidera, I really wanted him to move over and be a part of that new board because I knew uh, his gifts would be so important for uh, a company with a, a vision of that size and which really was going to be growing in a rapid way. I just have the greatest respect for John and for the consulting and counseling and personal coaching that he does with scores of business leaders. So he's a great guy. John Oberg, welcome to I Work for Him. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for having me today. Yeah, it's, it's nice we finally actually get to talk. We've been emailing back and forth. It's nice when you actually get to hear a voice and put it, someday we'll meet face-to-face. You never know when I'll be through Austin, Texas. I look forward to that. John, tell me about how you came to be a follower of Jesus. I think uh, probably by his design and totally by accident for me, I was I grew up not a follower. I grew up in a family that uh, you know told bedtime stories, did not go to church, uh, but then was in the middle of a series of life events that included a divorce that I didn't want, but that I had caused, and then a near death car accident that had me really uh, searching to be a better father. I lost I lost my father when I was 11 years old and. In the middle of this car wreck, I thought to myself, God, if you exist and you'll let me live, I will come find you. Just let me raise my children with a father. It was a powerful moment for me that sent me on a quest to find the right home. And after a couple of years of searching, I found, uh, I found not just the church, but a path that led to a hopefully someday very intimate relationship with Christ. Well, and you shared that article with me about your car accident and, and how your car went off of uh, off of basically a, a very high embankment, a, a cliff, as you might say, and, and fell, I don't know, was it 30 feet you fell? Yeah, 30, 40 feet. My car went over a wall that was 30 or 40 feet tall. And in that moment, I thought it was going to be the end. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yet God rescued you. And here you are today to share your story of how Christ impacts not only your daily life, but your opportunity to impact the marketplace that you touch each and every day. Talk about your, your you said you just set up a company called Alignment Enterprises. What's that all about? Well, you know, I, I was just describing what I do to someone who had no idea what this new company was. And I said, it's almost like a private equity firm except that we're not inside of one industry. What we're really doing is trying to work with different companies that are focused on one thing, and that is humanizing the workplace. And whether that's inside of the you know, healthcare field, like I work with Sidera, whether it's uh, you know, dealing with the Me Too movement that's happening today, or just working in kind of what you'd call normal everyday industry, teaching leaders how to treat humans like humans at work and not objectify them. You know, you talked about earlier, you know, Jesus didn't have the agenda. He dealt with interruptions well. I would say he did have an agenda. It was a bigger agenda. It was a grand agenda, and that agenda was love. And so teaching people how to both love people and be fantastic stewards 
at the same time, they're both part of our calling. Okay, so I'm, I imagine I'm older than you, so when I say agenda, I'm thinking about one of those written agendas, like this is what I'm going to do all day long today. Then it went to my Palm Pilot or my Daytimer, then to my Palm Pilot, and then to you know Outlook on my phone. That's what I meant by, hey, I got this schedule and this schedule and this schedule. That's not how Jesus rolled. He had a plan. He was following his Heavenly Father, but yet he never missed the people that his Heavenly Father put in front of him. And I think that was the significance of what I was trying to get across. John, you mentioned that you went through a divorce that you didn't want to go through and you begged God to allow you to be a father to those children, even after that divorce and after that horrible car accident. How are you doing connecting with your kids as you grow in your faith? You know, it's been it's been tough. I've got a an ex-wife that doesn't see faith the way that I do. Uh, but she's a great co-parent, and we have, you know, open conversations about the fact that she sees the world one way, and I see the world a different. And I just let, you know, let the children see all of my faith, and and it's hard. It's really hard sometimes. You know, sometimes it means that I take them to church, kicking and screaming. Sometimes they want to have conversations, and as they're teenagers now, push back against prayer and and what an interior life is. And so I, I have to walk very deliberately with them. And, you know, one of the beautiful parts about this story was that my son was really struggling a couple of years ago, and he came to me and he said, Dad, you know, I know I said I wanted to get baptized in the church, and, and uh, but I don't know if I'm a Christian anymore. And I said, that's okay. I, I know you haven't figured out how to make up your own mind quite yet, but what you should know is that you, you know, you're baptized, and, and more importantly than all of that, as lost as you are, there are 200 people I know personally that have said they're praying for you by name. And I went over to this list and showed him all the people. I just started writing down the names of the people, including Tony, that were praying for him by name. And he just was moved to tears as a 12-year-old. Hmm. Wow. And, and uh, prayer it, it is a powerful. powerful moment for him and for us. Hmm. Well, we got, before we let you go today, we will absolutely pray for your kids. How many kids do you have? Three now. Three kids. All right, three kids. All right. What are their fir- What are their first names? Are, do you want to give those out? We'll just no. We'll just pray for your three kids. We won't mention one line. We don't want to make sure we don't. don't... Okay. So go, let's Fair go back enough. to Alignment Enterprises. You're, you're talking about humanizing the workplace. I love that. Talk to me about how your faith plays out every day and what you're doing there at Alignment Enterprises. Well, we have to we have to treat people in alignment with kind of the best management book ever written. Right. The Bible was is the, the greatest source for teaching people not just how to love one another, but how to be great, great stewards of our resources. I was in a meeting yesterday, and somebody was pointing out uh, how the media was operating, and they showed that these Christian news outlets were getting four times or five times more engagement than secular uh, outlets. And the question was, why? And the answer is easy. We have good news. They don't. And so... <laughs> Alignment Enterprises is, is really about helping people take that down to the tactical day-to-day level. How do I manage someone when they're not performing well? Like, how do I love them but also hold them accountable? That's so, so all, of, all of one of the companies I work with, Alignment Executive Coaching, is about teaching leaders to lead well. And it is such a, there's such a need and a deep desire for that, for leaders to lead in selflessness. Tony Dale, I can see why you wanted John Oberg on your board at Sidera as you were launching an absolutely revolutionizing, revolutionizing idea for healthcare. Tony, talk about how you see John living out his faith in the marketplace. Well, I'd, I'd love to do that because uh, I, I watch John uh, just like I watch myself. 
struggling with real life issues and uh, you know it thrilled me to, to hear him uh, talking as he has here on the show with you um, you know all of us you know at the core are such ordinary people we have real issues we have relationship challenges you know we wonder what's going to happen with our kids we want the best for people we hope the businesses we're advising you know are, are going well uh, and uh, I, I watch how John interacts with people and I say to myself Lord uh, I feel privileged to know this guy because he feels called by you to touch a billion people and Lord, as we allow iron to sharpen iron, both of us are becoming better people. And I love that sort of relationship. It's just so real. John, when your work interacting with Tony Dale on his board of directors for Sidera, what is it that you see about Sidera that said, yep, I want to be part of that mission? There are a couple of things. First, I, I didn't hear what Tony said. I wasn't, I'm not sure what happened technologically, so I hope it was, uh, it he was said nice. nice things. He said nice things okay, about good. you. But I think the thing that first and foremost drew me to Sidera was Tony's ability to be aligned with his faith at work every day and to be able to create a company that was found, founded on best practices that were biblical. And so I think that, that was the first thing that drew me in. And then, of course, there's the innovative way that the product, you know, uh, really aligns well with biblical teaching and does a better job of providing a, a service for people. Again, not a shock, Right. Right, not a shock. How do you see a change in the way we look at healthcare today? Well, my hope is that it revolutionizes the entire set of relationships from provider to patient, from payer to community. And most importantly, I hope it encourages people to support each other in community, in small groups, praying for one another and just pulling for one another and being more knowledgeable about what's happening with one another. We're moving so fast with technology today. Sometimes we just don't slow down to see how one another are doing. If you're just tuning in now, you've missed an incredible conversation so far as we're going in all Texas today in Austin, Texas with Tony Dale. Two members of his team joined us to share a little bit of how they're able to live out their faith in their workplace. Then we've got one of Tony's board of directors, John Oberg. He's on the line with us. John, have you ever read Tony and Felicity's book, Small is Big? You know, I've not read the book. We've talked about it quite a bit. I love the idea that small community is a great way to build intimacy in our faith. All right. Well, I just, I didn't mean to put you on the spot that I should have asked that ahead of time. It's a great book, Tony. I want you to plug it one more time so we can give away another copy. Well, I'm always thrilled to bits, Jim, that uh, you're giving away copies of this book. All over the world, Christians are rediscovering the, the power of the small group and, uh, and understanding that Jesus promised that where two or three of us are gathered in his name, he's there in the midst. And that's what Small is Big is all about. Oh, I want to give you guys a copy of Small is Big, Unleashing the Big Impact of Intentionally Small Churches. It's 866-713-9675. Call in, leave a message, 866-713-9675. John Oberg, you run a business called Alignment Enterprises, and you're this. how new of a company is this for you? We've just been open less than a year right now. All right, and your specialty, I mean, do you have a lot of employees, or is a lot of this outsourced, or is a lot of this consulting? How are you setting this business up? So we've got, we've got eight different companies where we have an equity position in those eight companies, and then we've got three startups as well that are very small. So you, we have a company that has you know hundreds of people down to just a couple of people, and then I've got a couple of staff in my office. Okay, so you've got eight 
companies that you're involved with and three startups that you're involved with. How often, I mean, the, the company, the startups that you're involved with, the eight companies that you guys are involved with at Alignment Enterprises, are these guys that you're, the people that you're dealing with that are running these companies, are they all Christ-centered people? They're not. It runs the okay. gamut from people of faith like Tony and, uh, you know, Ray, who's working with Smart Tours, to people that just don't know where they are on their faith journey at all. Okay, so how does that, and I was just, that's what I was looking for. I didn't figure you were just working with Christ followers because it gives you an opportunity to have a real mission field every day. How do you see your involvement in these companies as, a, as an investor, uh, helping them with startups? How do you get to live out your faith as you're interacting with these people, launching and running these businesses? You know, I feel called to help people with relationship. And so, you know, I probably will never be a marriage counselor, but my job is to help people form great relationships in other areas of their life. And so I try to help people have better relationships at work with their peers, their subordinates, their superiors. And I try to act in a way that people can see me act lovingly, even in very difficult circumstances, and model that behavior. And what that's led to is some really interesting conversations where people get to know me, then they hear a part of my story where I say, look, you know, my self-esteem it comes from a different place today than it did 15 years ago. And they get very interested, and then I just offer that if you want to hear more about that, if you're struggling or you just there's a gap in your life you can't put your finger on, feel free to let me buy you coffee and let's talk about it. And that conversation leads to the story about the car wreck. And then I just tell people, this, you know, not everyone will choose the path that I'm on, but this is the path that I'm on. This is how I got here, and I'm not going to shove it down your throat. I'm just going to tell you my story. And I've had, you know, God use me in ways where he's pulled me into conversations where I was having, I remember one in particular, I was having a very tough week personally and professionally, and someone approached me and wanted to have one of these conversations, which can be very high energy. But, you know, God gave me the words, and it was a beautiful conversation and a beautiful outcome, and so I just want to be used in whatever way he wants to use that story. So I try to become vulnerable because I think it's an important part of relationship. And I don't want to push people, but just tell them the story and then let them feel and receive that love in a very real way. And this is something Tony has been a fantastic model for me in difficult professional decisions. In today's world, vulnerability, authenticity, integrity, living those things out, transparency, those are what real leaders are like. If you look at how Jesus modeled his leadership, that's what he demonstrated. So I love that. But I want to correct you on something, John. You said, well, I I don't know I could be a marriage counselor, yet you can speak into guys. Because you mentioned that you went through a divorce that you didn't want, but yet you thought maybe you contributed to that divorce. When you look at what you can speak into other guys to help them learn from your mistakes, isn't that really being a marriage counselor? Yeah, maybe it is. I mean, I will tell you that, that I absolutely abhor the institution of divorce, and I am fanatical about the institution of marriage. And so, uh, you know, perhaps I get used that way. I think for me, uh, my calling is to try to act more than I talk. I, I think I have a natural propensity to try to talk my way through things versus acting my way through it. So I need to be sensitive to that. And then I just want people to feel loved. I want people to feel loved in tough situations, even if that has to be tough love. Hmm. Now, John, have you, are you involved in any organizations there in Austin, Texas, where you're getting discipled as a business owner and leader? Are there any organizations that you're involved in that are, that are contributing to your discipleship? 
Absolutely. So I'm involved with the Catholic Church. I'm involved in several different uh, men's groups there. I'm involved with C12 uh, here locally in Austin, Texas. And uh, and then I search out people as mentors deliberately, Tony being one, Russell Grigsby being another, and I've got a gentleman, uh, Gordy DeMarais, in Minneapolis as well. Uh, Britt Harris is one of the people that I've asked to mentor me. So I, I try to actively reach out to people who are deep in their faith, but also uh, really model other parts of life that I find valuable for my path. All right, so let's talk about you and Tony as a team. Tony, I want to pull you back in the conversation now, because I know you're sitting back enjoying the conversation about John. But you two are trying to change the world of healthcare, And I want to know, how are you working together? Tony, start off, you know, healthcare is a mess. I mean, I was having a conversation last night at our small group, and one of our uh, small group members is uh, buying their health insurance. The, he and his wife, they've got no kids at home anymore. They're $1,500 a month. They've got a thousand or a $10,000 deductible. And they're like, I've got co-pays that are monstrous and I have a deductible that's monstrous. There's got to be a better solution. And he goes, Jim, you did something different. And, and and I said, yeah, Martha and I went with Samaritan Ministries. And Tony, you've got you've been working right alongside Samaritan Ministries. How are you changing the face of healthcare and how are you using John's expertise to do that? Well, we love what is being done by the healthcare sharing ministries around the country. Uh, my first company, the Caris Group, has been serving them by uh, mediating and negotiating their medical bills for, for many years. Uh, so we, we love this model. But, but John and I uh, have a passion that we not only help believers, but that we help unbelievers as well. Uh, and Sadira was a part of that expression, uh, that desire to say, let's take God's truth and show that it works right out in the marketplace of ideas. Uh, so that's what we're doing together. And John, how, when you heard that the first time and you met Tony and he shares this idea, what was your initial reaction? You know, uh, I, my background academically is in diffusion of technology, so my initial reaction is how do you get people to see this whole new way of thinking? Human human behavior change is a tough thing, and so immediately <laughs> I, I was skeptical. <laughs> and uh, and then as I dug deeper and deeper, it's, it's, you, you look into the way that communities help each other and have helped each other, uh, there's just so much evidence sociologically that this is the right way to go. Well, and you just mentioned that one of your mentors lives in Minneapolis. There's no greater example. I grew up in Minneapolis. No greater example. When people are in trouble, people are naturally drawn to helping each other. In Minnesota, in Minnesota it's when your car is stuck and you're, you're slipping and sliding down the hill or there's a tornado that goes by and you're helping clean up on a farmstead or helping clean up a neighborhood. People just naturally come out and want to help. And so people are open to that idea, but the health insurance thing, they, they get, well, I got to have health insurance. I got to have health insurance. Yet with the institution of the CARE Act put in by the previous administration, I refuse to call it what they call it because it was not what they called it. When you look at that, how is Sidera making a difference for like maybe those 11 companies that you work with every day, John? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, you know, people are always drawn to the economic issues first. That's kind of our typically the first place that people look. And what they learn after going through the experience several times is there's so much more than just the, the economic piece, which is far better, but it's the way that they're able to interact with their provider. For example, with you know my primary care doctor, 
he has now been willing to give me his mobile phone. When I call the office, it's one of two people that answer himself or one of his helpers. And I, te- I talked to him one day about his practice. And it wasn't just that he was able to sit down with me 30 minutes at a time going through a visit. It was that he was making more money, more akin to the specialists, where people in his field normally had been economically just crushed before. So if there's a financial model that's good for both sides that leads to a more time available and better relationship. It's amazing. John Oberg, I'm sorry that we're out of time. I love your story. I love that you're sharing it. I loved your impact on Austin. Keep it up. Keep. We'll be praying for your kids. I'm sorry we didn't have time to pray today, but Lord, we do ask that you give John the wisdom to lead his kids to Jesus one day. Tony Dale, thanks for sharing you and John Oberg today with the I Work For Him audience. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much. It's always a pleasure to have you guys. I really appreciate you, Tony Dale and Sidera Health. People, check it out online, sidera.com, S-E-D-E-R-A.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. Ultimately, I work for him.